The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, hosted by Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Dr. Relly Nadler. I'm Allison Childs with the Center for Creative Leadership. Kathy and Relly have helped thousands of people like you become better performers, managers, and leaders with their unique approaches to coaching. Dr. Willie Nadler is a master level certified executive coach with the International Coaching Federation. A psychologist, corporate leadership, and team trainer, Dr. Nadler brings his expertise and emotional intelligence to all his keynote, consulting, coaching, and training. Dr. Nadler's Leaders Playbook provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers. For more information and free tools by Relly Nadler, go to www.truenorthleadership.com. New York Times bestselling author Kathy Greenberg wins hearts and minds around the world with her internationally acclaimed books on the new science of happiness, including what happy companies know and what happy working mothers know. Kathy is available for a variety of consulting and coaching programs where you can learn to apply her unique happiness equals profit business formula. For more on Kathy's coaching, tools, consulting, and keynote speaking, go to www.h2cleadership.com or www.whathappyworkingmothersknow.com for free tips and downloads. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Rowan Nadler. We have Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my co-host, who will join us in just a moment. And between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. You know, we always have great guests, and today we have Jane Buckingham, and we're going to be talking about Modern Girl's Guide to Life. And uh, Jane is a Renaissance woman, mom, professional, in addition to being the nicest, most down-to-earth, wildly successful person around. Jane is the host of a show, the Style Network show, Modern Girl's Guide to Life. She's author also of Modern Girl's Guide to Life, and the Modern Girl's Guide to Motherhood, and now the Modern Girl's Guide to Sticky Situations. So we're really going to pick our brain about all the, uh, the aspects of being a, a modern girl. And um, between Kathy and I, we'll uh, come up with as many questions as we can, and we'll be very intrigued to hear what Jane has to say to these. Let me just tell you about Kathy for a moment. Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my co-host here, um, coaches executives and entire companies. She's a co-founder of the renowned consultancy H2C uh, Leadership and author of many multiple bestsellers and a much-demand uh, conference speaker. Kathy, welcome. Thanks, Relly. And for those of you who have been listening to Dr. Relly Nadler for the last few minutes, I just want to make sure that you know, uh, as my co-host on the show, who Relly is. And uh, Relly is a terrific person. 
He is also a master level certified executive coach, psychologist, corporate leadership, and team trainer. And Relly brings his expertise in emotional intelligence to all of his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and training. And Relly also has a terrific book out called Leaders Playbook, which provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performance in your company. And his book will be re-released in the coming years, so stay tuned for more. And I'm so excited today to have Jane with us. One of the things that um, I was very interested in was where did Jane Buckingham learn all these great tips and how can she give them to us for both those who are working women and those who are mompreneurs and those who are thinking about what we want to be when we grow up. But um, in the real world, of course, everything Jane shares in her award-winning books She herself has experienced in her own life with her husband and two children living in Los Angeles, California. And um, more than a modern-day life coach, Jane is a modern-day professional diva as well. And uh, before we bring our guest, Jane Buckingham, on, I just want to give you a little background, and I know uh, Relly does too, very quickly, on why we care so much about leadership and why leadership is important to you. And as you know, we know that leaders are the heartbeat of any organization, and most leaders will underestimate how much they perform. So hopefully by listening to our programs, you're going to learn a few things in each program that can really improve your performance and your organizations, whether it's what happy companies know uh, from my books and my work on the science of happiness and positive psychology or from emotional intelligence, as in uh, Raleigh's Sweet Spot, or whether it's in brain and neuroscience contributions to top performance or work-life balance strategies to be your best, as you'll learn today in our show with Jane. Relly, is there anything you'd like to add about why leadership development is so important for everyone? Um, Well, we know leaders are the heartbeat of the organization. And just like Jane's going to talk about uh, with the modern girl, they're probably the heartbeat of all the the relationships that uh, are in their circle. And in the organizations, um, leaders have anywhere from 50 to 70% influence over what goes on in the organization. So they really kind of set the beat, set the tone. Um, one of the keys is emotional intelligence. And uh, Kathy, you mentioned my book now is coming out uh, leading with emotional intelligence and actually will be out within the next week. So it's basically uh, the new edition of Leader's Playbook uh, with an added chapter around emotional self-control. So I'm very excited about that. And uh, we'll give our listeners more opportunities to hear about, you know, key ways to be in the top 10%. So, uh, Kath, why don't you tell us a little bit more about uh, Jane, but then I think we have some great questions to uh, jump in with her. Well, you know, I think the best way to get started is with a quote from Jane. That'll give you some context. And then, Jane, we're going to make sure you're on the line. Are you there? I sure am. Oh, great, great. And uh, for those of you who are not familiar with Jane's work, we're also going to share her website. Jane, can you just tell us your website very quickly? Sure. It's Jane's Guide to Life. Jane's Guide to Life. And so those of you who want to follow along with us can go to that website and have some fun with us. But I just want to give a quick quote from Jane as an intro because I think it's just, it just sets the tone, Jane. I hope you don't mind. But it's your quote on love. <laughs> and you said, this is one area in which I have far more expertise than I would like. Uh, there was the time my true love was only using me as a distraction while his girlfriend was in Europe for the summer. The time my best friend's boyfriend declared his secret love for me. The time I found out the guy who'd said he was going out to put money in the meter and had really ditched me and stuck me with the check. 
<laughs> I used to tell myself he'd been hit by a Mack truck, but I, I realize now I was delusional. Best of all, one guy told me he was gay, so he wouldn't have to date me anymore, but he subsequently went on to date several other of my best female friends. And you say, the good news is after kissing my, my share of not only frogs, but also slugs, weasels, vermin, and downright asses, I did find my prince in the most unlikely place. You said a blind date in Orlando. So whatever your status, searching, settled, or satisfied, don't worry. There's a sticky here for you, and that's the sticky situations we're going to talk about. So, Jane, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Oh, we're, we're glad you can make it. And one of the things that we want to share with everybody are how your sticky situations that you have experienced in life apply to both business and the home, uh, what we call workplace, for both men and for women. And I know you focus on modern women, but we uh, would love to have you talk a little bit about who influenced you the most during your life and your career and how you became this diva of sticky situations. Well, you know, I, so many questions to answer. I mean, I think that, um, you know, I actually not only write these books, that's sort of my hobby, but I run a, excuse me, consulting company, and that's really my day job. Um, and the books are sort of a nice diversion, but my real um, career is running a trend forecasting company, and um, I've started a second one after selling the first one where I had sort of 16 employees, and now on the second one I have, I guess we're up to six now. Um, and yet probably the person who influenced me the most in, in all of this was my mother, which is what sort of spurred me on to write these books, because while I think I'm quite good in the workplace, I'm quite terrible in all of the other areas. And I think particularly for women, although even for men too, there are so many demands on our life to be so good in so many different areas these days. We're expected to be an expert um, in, in all of the different areas of our lives. We're expected to be these great leaders, but we're also expected, particularly as women, supposed to look fantastic and be able to cook a great dinner and um, balance balance sheet and um, do everything flawlessly. And I think the reality is is that no one can, um, not even on TV these days. So I think that what I tried to do in the books was to say, hey, look, we all need a little help from our friends. And even if someone looks like they're doing it all flawlessly, chances are um, they're really not. Got it. That's terrific. Now, your new company is called Trend Era? It is, indeed. And um, you said that you had another forecasting company, so did you sell that company? or? I did. It was called The Intelligence Group, and I sold it to, um, interestingly enough, a talent agency out in California called CAA. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and um, I sold that one about now about six years ago. Um and stayed there for a few years to make sure it could run on its own, and then left to start this one. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. And, and what's the uh, website for this new company? This one is trendera.com. Trendera. Yeah, and it's sort of a it's a it's an interesting field to be in because you know it, it's no one can look into a crystal ball and predict mm-hmm. the future. It's really about being out there talking to people and seeing where the trends are coming from and seeing how things are changing. And now that I've been doing this for so many years, seeing how trends change and with the Internet and with um, bloggers, what companies need, because what we do is we really sort of help companies understand what 
the shifts are, both in the small shifts, whether it's the changes in fashion or the change in colors or the changes in um, lifestyle and how people are living, to the big shifts and how people are thinking. Are people are going, to, going to be more rebellious? Are they going to be traveling more? Are they going to be living out of their homes more? Um, are they going to be changing their jobs more? Um, how does the recession impact what people will be doing? So those are the kind of trends that we look to, and then we help companies figure out how can they um, work around that. Um, you know, it's interesting, as leaders, you know, just the shift in generations from Generation X to Generation Y, who are really very different generations, really changes how um, people have to lead. Oh, absolutely. What? It's like changing from having real actors do TV to reality TV shows. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, well, Jane, I have a question uh, for you that um, is not one of them that, that we initially talked about, but it sounds exactly where, where you're at, and we want to have this be a lively conversation. So a lot of what we've talked about uh, on our shows is that it's been documented that the uh, baby boomers are having more, more emotional intelligence. You know, mm-hmm. being able to deal with conflict, understanding their emotions more. And I think the reason we say is because of uh, every other generation is having more exposure to technology. So for every hour that you're looking at a screen or holding a phone, uh, texting, you're not interfacing with somebody, maybe managing conflict, um, trying to really okay. figure out how do you best say that, re- reading their reactions uh, and changing what you're going to say. Um, so it's interesting to kind of get your take on that, you know, being a, in the trend world, you know, this idea of kind of understanding yourself and understanding others. Um, I think there's been less exposure, and, I, and my thought is it's going to come back now with uh, FaceTime and mm-hmm. a lot more video work that all of a sudden we've moved away from seeing each other where now maybe over the next five, ten years we'll get back some of that FaceTime you know, with uh, whether it's you're in your iPhone or Skype. Mm. But any kind of thoughts on it? I know this is throwing you a curveball. No, I, you know, I, I think that's really interesting. And I think that, you know, I, I think it's interesting because we are such a tech-focused world. And, you know, people do think that then the generation is less emotionally intelligent. And yet, you know, from what I see with Gen Y, you know, I think they are quite, uh, they're very savvy. They are such a savvy, practical generation. And, you know, they may be less comfortable um, when they're face-to-face, but that doesn't mean they're not, um, they can't read the nuances. For example, I really believe that authenticity is one of their, you know, one of the things that they value the most in people and companies and products and um, pretty much anything out there. And I think you're right. I think that they do crave that personal interaction. I think that we will see sort of a return to um, that interpersonal dynamic. You see things like needle pointing um, coming back as they look for things to do together um, because they want to have that time together. It doesn't mean that they won't you know, that they'll walk away from social media or they'll walk away from the online time. Right. But I think you're right that they that they will want to have that connection because you do crave it. You, you know, you can't, you know, it's like going on a diet of all sweets. At some point, you're going to want some, you're going to want some protein. <laughs> and so that's a great analogy because at least the, the protein, I would say, is, is kind of the, more of the intimacy. You probably saw there's just an article in the LA Times about, 
eavesdropping on listening to people on cell phones and all that. And, and, yeah. and, and so what was private no longer is private. But I just wonder, so you think there's going to be a swing back to the protein or, or let me have some more intimacy versus kind of knowing, you know, uh, random facts about somebody. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's very true. And I think that, that people at the end of the day can only sort of subsist on the superficial um, for so long. One of the things that um, I, I would really love to hear your opinion on, since you talk about sticky situations, professionally and personally, um, is when your friend asks you whether you're Gen X or Gen Y or a boomer, whether you should date people you work with. I mean, this mm. is a practical problem, and for, for people who are in the work world, you're going to spend, and really I think you'd agree, almost 90% of your relationship time with people you work with. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. How, how do you, what would you say to that? Should you date people you work with? I think personally you should never date your boss. I think that is just asking for trouble, um, and it's just too complicated. Um, you know, if you if it goes well, you know, even if you're the most qualified person in the company, then people are going to think that you got a promotion because of your relationship. Um, so I think that your boss, you stay away from. There, there are too many fish in the sea, or you need to find another job. In terms of dating someone in your company, you know, I think that is reality in the sense that you spend a lot of time at work, you meet those people, but you need to know or be mature enough that if the relationship goes south, you're going to be able to work with that person if it doesn't work out. If it's a small company, I don't think it's a great idea because you're just in too much um, constant contact that it could be awkward. If it's a big company, then I think it's probably okay. But I think that dating, you you really want to date within your peer group, um, not higher than you uh, in terms of level because, again, I think that just makes it awkward in terms of other people's perceptions. And I think the other thing is that don't think that you can sneak around and people won't know. People always know. Um, They just do. (laughs) Good good advice. We're going to go to a quick break, Jane. And in the meantime, for those of you who are listening, this is Leadership Development News. Don't go away. We'll be right back. leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 
Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Jane Buckingham, the author of Modern Girl's Guide to Life and a couple other modern girls guides and we're picking her brain about some things that may happen at the workplace and so jane one of the questions is and i think this happens for all of us when we get stressed out uh you inadvertently you know blurt something out you insult your bo- your boss or coworker. uh you may be in a meeting and you, and you know someone none of us have ever done that yes <laughs> someone says something and you go what what kind of idea is that? And then before you know it, you have to take your foot out of your mouth. How? How? What's the best way to kind of deal with that in those moments? You know, I think the best thing to do is apologize very quickly, very succinctly, and to say, "I am so sorry. I don't know why I said that. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't know what I was thinking." And then move on. The don't apologize more than once because if you dwell on it, then they dwell on it. You want to acknowledge it because you don't want it to hang there. You don't want it to fester inside you. You don't want them to think that you're rude. Right. But the more, you know, you know those people who sort of keep apologizing yes. and then they just keep bringing it up. So to say, I'm so sorry, that was really rude. Um, I don't know what I was thinking. And then don't mention it again. I like that. So kind of blame it on your own wacky sense of humor. Your own wacky, or, or I, I wasn't thinking, or, that, that, or boy, that must have come out wrong. Um, I didn't mean that the way it sounded. Um, um, you know, whatever you can do to play it off, um, I think that you just want to, depending on what the comment was, to say, you know, that sounded much funnier in my own head. Whatever you want to say right. that makes it, you know, make a joke of yourself. Or I always say the most inappropriate things at the wrong time. Or, boy, that was a dumb thing to say to my boss. Um, whatever it is. Yeah. But make sure that you apologize and that you say, I'm sorry. Because people think that they've apologized and they haven't. Right. How well, about, so- uh, this is one that I've 
<clears throat> pardon me, I've actually experienced firsthand when I was a manager, but um, one of my coworkers actually showed up work drunk because they uh-huh. had gone out all weekend. Um, they were celebrating something very important and uh, came to work on Monday on time, mm-hmm. but they reeked of alcohol. Mm-hmm. And the thing that was really, I think, the biggest problem was just they they didn't look well and they weren't mm-hmm. necessarily being inappropriate but it was like you're 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 drunk you shouldn't yeah. be here I think that's what um, sick days are for or personal days are for and I think at that point it's the manager's responsibility to say you need to take a personal day today this is not an appropriate way for you to come to work so I'm suggesting that you take a personal day. And if the person says, no, no, I'm fine, then you need to say, I'm stepping in as your manager and telling you that you need to go home, and I'm going to let HR know that you're taking a personal day. Um, It's not good for you or your colleagues for you to be here. Yeah, that's great. And the other thing I would do, which I think you also agree with, because you wrote it in your book, which is it would be good if you accompanied them and put them in a cab. Put them in a cab as opposed to... And and in that situation, you want to take their keys because that's a situation where people typically think that they're okay and they're not. And really, in the emotional intelligence world, I think that would be a really competent leader, don't you think? Oh, definitely. You know, to to be able to... uh, move forward and, and, and step up at the, at the right time. And, you know, the way that Jane presents it, and, Jane, I just want to acknowledge you for this, you make it sound so easy with no judgment, and I think that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Don't have a judgment about it. You're helping someone out. Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, it's so hard in that moment to, to act in the, the way that, that they feel okay about and you feel okay about, but I think that it really is about, it's not about being a boss. It's not about being... Mm-hmm. A, you know, it's about being a, a good human, and I think that's what we all strive for. And, so, and I think you bring up a good point, Kathy, you, you also, as far as what your intention is. And, and if, you, if that intention, like we said earlier, emotions are contagious, and, and if they read your intentions, not your words, and so how you go about that. Well, one of the questions, Jane, that we also have, and, and I gather some of these questions are from your book, um, and we're trying to make uh, some of these around business situations, uh, let's say you got this big kind of secret. Um, you're involved in a messy divorce. Your 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 kid has all kind of special needs. They got something that where you have to leave work early, or is it's just compromising your life or the divorce. You know, and it's hard to focus. Uh, any thoughts about do you share that with associates? And maybe you know this idea of gossip and and who, you know mm-hmm. if you if you do. You know, how do you do it or who do you do it with? I mean, it's obviously uh, impacting on could be the performance. What's, what's a good way to go about that? You know, I, I think obviously it depends on your situation. But here's the thing. Your friends are your friends and your coworkers are your coworkers. You don't need to let them in on all of the issues that are happening in your life. What you can say is, is I have some things that are going on in my personal life that are taking up a lot of my emotional space, and I'm trying not to bring them into my work life right now, but they are taking some of my time. So, you know, let them acknowledge the fact that you have some things going on in your life mm-hmm. that, you know, are, are real. You, do, you may want to go to your manager, and particularly if it's a divorce that you're going to have to see your lawyer, you're going to have to try to arrange things, you know, 
they may affect your work time, but you don't want to complain to your boss. You don't want to tell your boss, oh, my, my spouse is being really difficult and they're doing this and they're doing that, but you may say, I may need to try to, you know, have, I may have a court appearance, I may have this, um, just so they know in advance, because I think managers particularly appreciate when they have warning, but just let them know that there are some logistical issues versus the emotional side of it, and just let them know that that's going to happen, but then keep the personal side of it out of it, and I think that any manager is going to appreciate that, and then on your colleagues, you can just say, you know what, I'd rather not talk about it at work so that I can focus on my work, and if you want to talk about it outside of work with one particular colleague who's a good friend, then that's obviously your prerogative, but recognize that it's it's very, you know, someone once said the hardest thing to do is keep a secret, so... Don't ask, you know, don't tell them something that you're not okay with getting around the rest of the office because it is hard to keep secrets. So if you don't want them talking about it, don't talk about it. You know, one of the things that, that I see, and it is interesting, it's maybe trying to use some emotional intelligence, but people will say, well, um, this is confidential, but I need to tell you this. <laughs> and, then they, and then they say that this is confidential to 10 other people who say it to someone else, this is confidential. So you got this confidential thing now right. <laughs> that's spread through the web. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I think that it's, it's, it's a big weight to keep a secret. And okay. so if you don't want them knowing, don't tell. Tell someone else. You have, you have friends outside of your work life. Yeah, that's good. One of the things that I, I find really um, reassuring in all of your work is it's really grounded in your own experiences. But also I think, um, and I'm not sure if, if it's uh, something you want to share talking about secrets, um, comes from your relationship with, uh, I would say, with Marcus. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's Marcus is an amazing husband and father, and I've learned so much by being married to him because he is, you know, he is a leader in this particular field and he knows so much about emotional intelligence and about building on strengths and uh, managing around your weaknesses. Um, and so it's been wonderful both professionally and in managing my own teams and, and personally in our family. Of course, it, it can be rather frustrating because, um, you know, he he'll say things like, oh, I'm just not good at, you know, unloading the dishwasher, it's just not a talent of mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's not a talent of mine, too, either, but uh, one of us is going to have to do it. Um, but, it, you know, it really has shifted how I look at things and how I look at my team and how I look at um, our children. And so it's really and helped me try to be um, a better leader because he focuses so much on it. Um, but uh, it's also challenging because he travels so much. And so he, you know, he's as a, um, you know, in our relationship, it's, it's challenging because he's, um, you know, he's, he's gone so much that, you know, and I work hard and he works hard. And so as parents, it's a priority to, to be there for our children. So, you know, we, we share a lot of the struggles that a lot of parents do, but, um, but it's it's great to because his perspective on so much is so great. But you know, it was interesting because when I was shifting, when I was thinking about leaving my first trend company and starting the second, and yet it was scary. Do I want to start another company? And do I want to leave the thing that I built? And he was at that moment writing a book about helping women figure out what to do in their careers to be happy. And he actually did an entire show on Oprah about it. And 
yet I really couldn't get advice from him. And at the end of the show, it said, you know, if you have questions, you can email Marcus at, you know, at Oprah. And a friend said, maybe you should email him at Oprah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought, this is sort of the cobbler's kids have no shoes. But, you know, you, you can never, it's, it's so much more personal when it's your own situation. But um, I think we've learned a lot from each other. Oh, that's terrific. And, and by the way, for those of you who are listening, Marcus Buckingham uh, is the author of The Strengths-Based Approach to Leadership. I think the book was called Go, uh, was it Find Your Strengths at Work? He's done, um, he's done four or five. He's done um, Now Discover Your Strengths and First Break All the Rules and Go Put Your Strengths to Work. Yeah. And, and then he did one. Oh, my gosh, I feel like there's another one I've Oh, yeah, there is. It's because it's on the cover <laughs> of my book, What, what Happy Working Mothers Know. And uh, yeah. we... we uh, we had a great endorsement from Marcus, but let me let me ask you another business question because this is one that really irritates me. <laughs> <laughs> your boss won't share your talents with the firm, uh, but you know a role that is just perfect for you, and so does your next potential boss. But mm-hmm. you can't get past the new boss. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't get past the current boss to get to the new boss. Hmm. You know, I think that's really a challenge. And I think what you have to do, I mean, I, I really don't, it's, it, it, it's so hard when you have to go around someone because you really run the risk of um, hurting yourself because that new boss at the, I mean, that, that current boss is in charge of you and can really scuttle you. But I think what you have to do is do everything you can to fulfill the role that you're doing and, you know, make sure that you are 100% doing everything so that you are bulletproof um, in, your, in your responsibilities. And then for that other person, just say to them, there, I would love to be available to do X project. There's something, you know, I am fulfilling my roles. I'm doing everything, but I have some extra bandwidth. I'd love to come in on the weekend to do this for you so that you are making sure that you are in no way um, letting down your current boss, but then making sure that this other person knows that you're open to doing something else because you can't sort of slack off so that you try something else. You just make sure that you're doing everything you need to be doing, but then take the extra time to do something for this other boss because I think that um, otherwise you run the risk of just looking like, hey, you don't want to do your current stuff. You want to find the next best thing. Great advice. Well, so, um, Jane, another question kind of along those, those lines. Uh, your, your organization is involved with uh, some things that, you know, maybe that's in the media, but your work, your work uh, coworkers don't know about. And you kind of know some of this. Maybe there's some of the mudslinging that's going on. Um, do you share some of this with your team uh, to help head it off? Do you kind of let them know what's going on more about it or just figure, okay, it's going to come out soon enough. Um, I don't want to get kind of involved in this in this gossip loop here. You know, I, I think there are ways to get involved and then ways to further the gossip. And you have to be careful which one you're doing. Um, you know, and I think it also depends on what the gossip is. I think that the reality is, is that people are going to gossip. It's human nature. And some gossip you just sort of have to let live. On the other hand, there's mean-spirited gossip. There's gossip gossip that does not have to exist. And I think that when you um, shine it under a light to everyone without pointing fingers, without saying, hey, this person said this and this person said that, but just to say, listen, it really makes me uncomfortable because I've been hearing these things 
and I really just don't want to be in a, in a work environment where people are talking like this, it becomes harder for people to say that. And I think if you can enlist someone else on your side to sort of say, we feel really uncomfortable, and again, not tattling, not going to the boss, not saying something that sort of looks like you are pointing a finger, but just to say, this is, you know, do you really want to be the person who's talking about people this way? Then I think that people begin to, you know, feel more and more uncomfortable when they start to do that. Well, and I think especially when someone um, brings that up, you know, so those are those moments of courage yeah. when you actually say something and then the other person's, you know, is going to have to think twice about kind of the what's going on and the value of that. Well, you know, it was just something interesting in the uh, Harvard Business Review about gossip in the workplace. And you know, I, mm. I, Kathy, I saw this. I don't know if you saw it. It was surprising. You know, they talked about, you know, basically it's needed, like you're saying, it's a human need. But the, about 70% of the gossip they found is positive. So that was surprising when I at least heard that, you know, because you think gossip, you all, all sudden think it's going to be negative or kind of uh, sleazy. Or... Hmm, that's interesting. Well, you know, it goes to show you that from a brain and neuroscience standpoint and leadership, people need to have human contact, and gossip is one way of continuing human contact. Right. And I think what people are doing is focusing on positive issues that they can gossip about, which is an even better attribute given you know what we know about happiness and the science of happiness. So let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back to talk more with Jane Buckingham, who uh, is obviously a great modern guide to modern gals' issues and leadership as well. So don't go away. You'll be listening to Leadership Development News when you come right back. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know, 
and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Jane Buckingham, uh, author of Modern Girl's Guide to Life, and we're asking her about her new company, which is all about the, uh, predicting the trends. So we have some questions we're interested in finding out about, um, as I imagine our listeners are, just about the maybe trends in the workplace that you are getting a pulse on. Um, you know, the first would be just about as people are, are thinking that we're maybe coming out of this recovery a bit. Um, this idea, are will organizations you think will will... Um, be more flexible in their hours, letting people more telecommute, you know, some organizations as a, either a retention factor, um, you know, let people make them, make their own hours or have flex hours. Any thoughts on that in, in the future? I think they'll have to be, you know, I think for a couple of reasons. For one, you know, I think that companies can't necessarily afford that full-time workforce, so they will want people to be more part-time. They will want people to work from home so that they can have smaller, you know, corporate offices so they don't have to feed them, so they don't have to have all that parking, all those things that come with having people um, not physically always in their office space. And I also think that, you know, you're seeing such a demand for more balanced lifestyles, and that really is a Gen Y shift, so that sort of under 30 um, generation who sort of has said, you know, you know, we're not going to sacrifice our entire life for our companies because chances are these companies are not going to guarantee us that, you know, 40-year relationship and chances are we're going to hop from company to company. So, you know, we're going to give it a couple of years or maybe a couple of months before we go from place to place. So, you know, we'll work hard, but we want to make sure we're out by yoga at five. So I think that, you know, companies are going to have to be more flexible to retain the best talent. When you think about talent, um, what are some of the trends that you see in the workplace that people need to pay attention to, get educated on, and come up to speed on? Well, you know, I think that this younger generation is used to a lot of praise. 
mm-hmm. right? And I think that they thrive. They've been praised from a very young age. They were built on, you know, getting medals for soccer and getting medals for going to the bathroom and getting medals <laughs> for sort of any sort of achievement. And that's how they function. So, you know, companies are going to have to learn to reward them for sort of their their little achievements, and that's where their successes will come from. So I think that, you know, they they are as opposed to, no, you have to learn and you have to grow, and when you move up slowly by slowly, then we will listen to your ideas. I think because they are... You know, they do think about things differently, and they are, you know, thinkers who, you know, have experienced massive change in the Internet and massive change in technology. They may expect, you know, they may find different creative solutions that companies should be open to because I think we are in a period of of massive change. Um, So I think that there is that these young voices should be heard and should be entertained. Um, Not always the right answer, but should at least be acknowledged. Um, I think that these are young people who like to work in groups. They've always been um, part of a group. You know, it's always been about the group, not necessarily the individual. So I think that they should be encouraged to be in teams. Um, And I think that that's something that they feel most comfortable in. Um, I think that they, you know, they they like to have skills. They like to feel like they're being developed. They need to have mentors because they like to have someone who they feel is looking out for them. Um, you know, unfortunately, it feels like from the company's perspective, you're giving a lot to them. But you know what? That's what they're used to. And the reality is, is that that's sort of what they expect. But I think that the reality is, is that you will get a lot back from them. Um, you know, everyone sort of says it's a very entitled generation, but yeah, they kind of are, but they're also very hopeful and they're very um, entrepreneurial and they are able to think in a way that other generations aren't. So chances are if companies invest in them, then they will um, get a lot back from them. Well, so I know that's also, and maybe it's Marcus or others who have written about that, maybe the, uh, I think actually that was Marcus, I'm confusing him with someone else, but the, the Gen Y, uh, very high maintenance, but also kind of one of the most productive, you know, generations yeah. coming, you know, so kind of both, both and. Yeah, I think it's true. I think that they like, you know, they like to get stuff done, and they're not entirely happy with the status quo. So, you know, you put those two together, and you get a really good outcome. So, you know, it's a very good combination. Well, I think they're also the generation, going back to your conversation earlier, really, that are more focused on the positive gossip. They mm. they don't want to talk about negativity. And, um, I, I mean, having a daughter who is in that generation and in the workplace, uh, I can say with a whole heart, she lifts me up even with mm. an email or a text. They are very motivational to each other. Mm. And I think... Um, Jane, one of the things that, that I'd be very interested in is a comment on any knowledge or skill that you see trending towards us that we're lacking in the workplace right now. That this generation is lacking? No, just in general, what knowledge or skill you see coming down the pike that we're short on in all generations in the workplace? Oh, um, real knowledge. I mean, that's the unfortunate thing. I think that... 
you know, the educational system is truly failing the younger generations. I mean, really, really failing them. And that, unfortunately, we don't value real knowledge anymore because everything can be gained from the Internet. And everything, you know, young people think that you can be famous by being on a reality show. And so there isn't a great need for learning. Um, And so I think that... Um, we're coming up with a lot of generalists and not a lot of specialists. Yeah, that, that's that's you know that's a real problem. Um, now, one might argue, well, no, it's not a problem because you can find information all the time. And what do you need to know if you can find out everything on Google? Um, but you know, I think that there's a real question of do we have the critical thinking skills that we need. Um, are we developing that enough? Because that's probably what we're going to need to move forward um, well. Um, and I don't know if that exists enough. Um, and my guess is that more and more we will become specialized. Um, but, you know, you see a movie like Waiting for Superman and you go, boy, we're, we're really going to have to focus on education in this country or we're in big trouble. So um, some of the questions just about, uh, let's say, technology, and, and I imagine for, for people like Kathy and myself and Marcus, uh, do we think a lot more of the training and, and some of the less face-to-face you know, training, mentoring, um, is going to continue to happen, and, and it will happen more you know, through video and that um, you know, some of the trends we're seeing with the new iPhone 4, where you have this FaceTime and you can actually do, you know, kind of video video calls. Um, that training is going to move a uh, bigger percentage of that. Was it going to be moving in that area? Yes, I think so because I think that it's a you know more and more people are becoming comfortable with that kind of training mm-hmm. um, and used to it, and so. It, and it's so much easier, and they're so much more accepting of it. So, yeah, I think we will see more and more of it um, because it will just become second nature to them. Right. Um, and it's more cost-efficient, and it's more time-efficient, so why not? Um, but, uh, you know, and I think we'll see more teaching through that way, more training, um, more educating. Um, whether it's as effective, we just don't know yet. Right. Well, it's funny that you bring that up because I have a new television show that's airing the end of September on Vocal.com, um, which is you know like a uh, you know real live streaming television, and it's fascinating to me that people like this because they feel it's unfiltered information. You know, it's real time, it's unfiltered. So I think to your point, Jane, that people not only are used to getting their information. Um, online with people who are online with them, but they're they're used to getting it firsthand now from the direct distributor because it's unfiltered and they don't have to worry about it having gone through, you know, a bunch of advertising filters or something else that might be selling them something. I think that's a that's a really good point, and I think that goes back to this idea of transparency and authentic nature that people want, which is. They want the real deal, and they want to know that it comes from the source. And, um, you know, on the other hand, I think they recognize that there's a business 
um, imperative and that things do need to get paid for somehow, and they're okay with that. It just needs to be a reasonable price. You know, it's sort of why iTunes works. Yeah, I'll pay 99 cents for a song. That's, mm-hmm. that's cool if it's the song that I want, but I don't want to pay $12 for an album that only has one song I like. Right, right. Outstanding. So as we, um, as we come to a close, I want to make sure everybody has your website again. It's uh, www.trendera.com. Exactly. And, and how about if they want more on the Modern Girl's Guide to Life? It is Jane's Guide to Life. Jane's Guide to Life. Outstanding. Well, you've been terrific. Uh, we really appreciate the time you spent with us, and we know that a lot of your trip, uh, your excuse me, your tricks of the trade are not only applicable to someone's personal life, but also to the work life. And you've uh, obviously become very successful as a, a futurist. And uh, you seem to have your fingers in a lot of pies these days. So how do you narrow down where your focus is? <laughs> if I had one criticism of myself, that would be it. Um, but uh, you I don't know, think I, that's a criticism. <laughs> I really enjoy the the trends, and then um, the books are sort of a, a fun distraction from to keep me from you know shopping or anything. <laughs> so. Oh, I should try that. I should try that. <laughs> Well, Jane, thank you very, very much. Uh, this has been great, very enlightening. I'm glad that you uh, were available. And this has been Leadership Development News, and we'll uh, tune in again next week. And we'll, we'll be signing off for right now. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. 
Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com.